Hey. How about that guitar player? Lydia's only been playing for two weeks. She is amazing. She is amazing. I've been, I've been uh, sworn to not embarrass my kids, but there's two kinds of embarrassment. There's, there's, I can't believe you told that embarrassing story, and there's doting on your kids, proud of them, and that embarrasses them. But um, I'm very proud of my family, and I'm proud of all my kids, and I'm thankful that they get to be here. I have two requests tonight as I begin. Uh, one of them is silence your cell phones, put them away, please. The other one is please don't get up while I'm speaking. I'm not going to be talking that long. I, I'm, I'm not a long-winded preacher. Um, so just stay with me for a few minutes. I would greatly appreciate that. My message is simply entitled, Sheep Aren't Dumb. That goes against everything we've heard our whole lives. Those of you who've been raised in church have heard your whole lives. The reason Jesus calls his people sheep is because they're dumb. I, I disagree. Over 30 years ago, excuse me while I show my age here. I lived on a farm in central Indiana. My dad used to call it a gentleman's farm. Um, we had eight acres out Strawtown Pike, north of Peru in Bunker Hill, Indiana. Bunker Hill is where Grissom Air Force Base is located. I think it was a gentleman's farm because it was small. We had a little bit of everything on it, and it was not my family's main source of income. In fact, uh, it actually cost money. Technically, it would be more appropriately called a hobby farm. I had chickens, rabbits, uh, a pair of geese, usually a calf or two, um, goats, a horse, a horse named High Hopes, um, and sheep. We lived there during my high school years. If I ever had a crummy day, when I'd get home from school, I'd throw the saddle on High Hopes, and we'd go for a ride. Uh, though we only had eight acres, we were surrounded by bean fields and cornfields on, on every side, so I had a lot of places to ride, acres and acres to ride. A, a friend of mine and I had also created a hidden clubhouse up in the hayloft underneath several bales of hay. You couldn't even see it was there. It was really neat. Our farm was an amazing place to spend that season of my life. Now, my sheep were arguably my favorite animal. Every fall, we'd go to the livestock auction in Rochester and buy a buck a male sheep, and every spring we'd have lambs. Then we'd go back to the auction later in spring to sell the lambs before Easter. Now, we'd usually sell the buck back, too, because a, a buck could get kind of ornery. Um, so we'd only keep him around long enough, and, and then we'd take him back. It was an amazing experience in the springtime when the lambs arrived. The last year I lived on the farm, out of eight ewes, that's a female sheep, I had 16 lambs, two sets of triplets, four sets of twins, and two singles. Four of those lambs ended up in our house. Um, for one reason or another, their mamas couldn't or wouldn't take care of them. Uh, we had a summer kitchen off of 
uh, off of our garage, in between our garage and our main kitchen. And we were able to put plastic and straw down in there, and we bottle fed them until they were big enough to put out with the rest of the sheep. I even had a couple of baby goats in our house that year, too. So every evening, I would go out to my barn to check on my sheep. I'd count them, and I'd put them in for the night. On one particular evening, I went to check on my sheep and put them in. Everything seemed okay, but one ewe would not go in the barn. She kept turning to look at me, and then she'd step toward the pasture. I was a little frustrated she wasn't cooperating. Then I looked around again, and I realized she was trying to tell me something. All the sheep were in but her, so I followed her. Every few feet, she would turn and and look to make sure I was still there. As we got further into the field, she stopped and began to circle and pace. Then I heard it. The faint bleeding of a lamb. Bleeding is the sound a lamb makes. I ran to where she was. You see, under our pasture was buried a large drain field. Our pasture held the drainage for all the fields around us. Remember I said we were surrounded by bean fields, corn fields. The drainage tile was likely many years old, and as a result, the tile had collapsed in many locations, causing small blowholes um, from the backed up pressure. That you was trying to tell me that her lamb had fallen in one of those holes. As I reached the you, the bleating became progressively louder. I looked down into that hole, and there lay the lamb. He was perfectly fine, but unable to get out. I reached down and pulled the lamb out, gladly reunited with his mama. They began to return to the barn. As they reached the barn, the ewe turned back to me one more time and bleated, as if to say thank you. That experience forever altered my understanding of why Jesus referred to people as sheep. Now I'm going to read a passage of scripture. It's a pretty long passage of scripture, so I am not going to ask you to stand tonight. But follow along with me. John chapter 10, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 14. And then we're going to jump down to verse 25 and read through verse 30. This is Jesus. He's talking to the Pharisees. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep, does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he, was, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. 
I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Now we're jumping down to verse 25. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. You see, my sheep knew my voice. That you knew I was the only person who could help. I was her shepherd. She knew me and I knew her. Now, every day we hear voices, voices that call out to us, voices that affirm and voices that cause pain, voices that encourage and voices that bring discouragement and defeat. What voices are you listening to? First one says, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Now, keep in mind, Jesus had been speaking to the Pharisees here. They'd been trying to add things and take away things from the gospel. Jesus, using the analogy of the sheep pen, inasmuch tells them, y'all a bunch of low-life puny scum. There's only one way, and that way is through me, the gate, Jesus. Verse 3 says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, if the gate is Jesus, then who do you suppose the gatekeeper is? Yes, the gatekeeper is God. And we see references to this throughout the New Testament. In, in Acts 14, 27, we see him opening a door of faith for the Gentiles. And in Colossians 4, 3, we see Paul from prison requesting prayer that God would open a door to declare the word. In Revelation 3, verse 8, we see him setting an open door that no one can shut. And then in Acts 16, 14, we see the Lord open the heart of Lydia to hear what Paul said. Now, the practice of shepherds in those days was exactly as the example Jesus uses here. They would call the sheep by name, go before them, and they would follow just as sheep here listen to and obey the shepherd's voice, real Christians here listen to and obey Christ's voice. Sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd. Christians, real Christians, recognize the voice of Jesus. Just like the shepherd has his sheep numbered, our Savior knows us. And he calls us by name. And he leads us in the paths of righteousness. So verse 4 says, 
when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow them because they know his voice. Verse 5, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Now, I love this part. Once the shepherd has the sheep out of the comfort of the pen, he goes ahead of them. And guess what they do? They follow him because they know the shepherd's voice. They know they can trust him. They've seen him leave the 99 to collect the one. They've experienced the green pastures of abundance that he leads them to. The sheep know the shepherd isn't going to lead them into danger. In fact, the sheep are so confident in their shepherd, they won't listen to other voices. They will flee from other voices because they do not recognize him. I say that makes sheep smart. I'd say sheep aren't dumb at all. In fact, I'd say it's quite complimentary to be called a sheep. I want to be a sheep. Jesus isn't going to take us somewhere and leave us to the wolves. Now listen, that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. That's God's sovereignty in a nutshell. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. And, and, and all that means is that bad things happen to good people every day. And good things happen to bad people every day. However, many times our own choices adversely affect and bring about those circumstances. Had we listened to the voice of the shepherd, Jesus, and not the stranger? Had we fled from the voice that was contrary to what we find in the word and listen to the shepherd's voice? So I ask again, whose voice are you listening to? Are you being obedient to the voice of the shepherd or are you entertaining the voice of strangers? How about this? Are you obeying the shepherd's voice most of the time and a stranger's voice the rest? That's called partial obedience. And partial obedience is still disobedience. Jesus tells us in verse 5, the sheep know the shepherd's voice so well, they will run away from a stranger. Verse 7, then therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, verses 7 through 10 that I just read, that's Christianity 101 right there. This is foundational Christianity. There's only one way in, and that way is Jesus. There are many who have tried other ways, but the truth is that Jesus is the only way. We must be diligent not to add or take away from the word. It's sad to me when sin becomes institutionalized, and institutionalized sin is simply sin that's been happening for so long it becomes normal. We don't even recognize it as sin anymore. We say, ah, it's no big deal. 
It's a law. We've got to accept it. We can't believe a loving God would prevent anyone from entering heaven just because of this or that. But we forget that our loving God is also a just God. And God's justice demands adherence. Yes, God's grace does cover a multitude of sin, but God's grace demands holiness. The question in these verses becomes, are we going to cling to his word, or are we going to continue to listen to the voices that draw us away from a holy life? Anything that tries to gain our admittance into the sheep pen, other than Jesus Christ himself, isn't going to get us there. Verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The world, temptations, other ways to heaven that aren't through the gate will always fall short. And check this out. Not even one of them will lay down their life for you. When you find yourself in one of those situations when you cannot do it on your own, those other voices that are constantly crying for your attention will be silenced. Jesus is the only way to receive the gift of eternal life. If you aren't sure whether a voice is from the good shepherd or not, hold it up to the mirror of God's word. You see, the hired hand only cares about his paycheck. He doesn't care for the sheep at all. It's all about him. And when danger comes, he takes care of himself. When you hear voices that aren't the shepherds, ask yourself, what are they seeking? If they are selfish, self-serving voices, you need to run because they are not the shepherds. Let me jump down to verse 25 for a moment. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one and snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. And Jesus is railing on the Pharisees here. He told them the truth. He spelled it out for them, but they did not believe. He then says, the proof is in the pudding. You can see exactly who I am just by watching me. Let's camp here for just a minute. How Jesus lived told exactly who he was. Jesus' life was a picture of who he was, and who he was is the shepherd. What does your life say about who you are? Is it obvious you're a sheep? 
I used to ask my youth group this question. If it were to become illegal to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If you're a sheep, you're listening to the shepherd. And you're not just listening, you're obeying. What did Jesus say? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, understand there are consequences to being a sheep. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 19 and 20, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I, that I said to you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. If you are never challenged on your faith, if you never have to run from other voices, you might want to do a little self-examination. Chances are, if you never have to flee from those other voices, that's where you reside, and you ain't no sheep. Now let's look at verse 5 again. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now, in verses 28 through 30, we see the most important consequence of being a sheep. Salvation. Verse 28, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, this study has gotten me thinking about adoption. I have two adopted children. And adoption is such an amazing picture of our Christian faith. Just like the day the judge hit the gavel and entered in the, the adoption decrees, etc. When we enter through Jesus, the gate the gatekeeper says you are his. Nothing will ever take away the fact that I am just as much a father to my adopted children as I am to my biological family. When my adopted children legally became mine, a new birth certificate was created. It looks exactly like my other children's birth certificate. When we enter through the gate, we become sheep. Our name is written on a new birth certificate called the Book of Life. And it cannot be erased. I don't know about you, but I want to be identified as a sheep. I accept the need to receive the Lord. I know life won't always be easy, but eternal life is mine for entering through the gate. I am a fully adopted son of the gatekeeper, entitled to all the rights and privileges therein. You see, sheep aren't dumb at all. They know the shepherd's voice, and they obey it. 
do you know the shepherd is? Are you a sheep? Pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your blessings in our lives and your provision to us daily. But most of all, Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for us, for being our gate to eternal life. You paid a very dear price for us. Help us each and every day to listen for your voice and to flee from those voices that would lead us anywhere that conflicts with what your word teaches us. Help us to live holily. Help us to care not just about ourselves, but about all those we come in contact with. Lord, we cannot give ourselves salvation. We can't maintain our salvation. But we can maintain our witness. Help us each day to choose to live in a way that clearly identifies us as sons and daughters of the one true living God. Lord, thank you for this place. Thank you that we live in a country where we can do what we're doing right now without fear of criminal Lord, thank you for Pastor Gary and his calling and his obedience to to his calling. Lord, I pray that each one of us would seek out our own calling and be obedient to what you lead us to do. Lord, thank you so much. I love you, Lord, and it's in your holy name I pray. Amen.